my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. everyone and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. How are you doing today? I hope that wherever you are in the world listening to this show that you are having an awesome day. Remember that the HR Sound Off podcast show is created by an HR professional for HR professionals magnifying HR voices and today I have the distinct pleasure of magnifying the voice of Ahmad Thompson. Ahmad how are you doing joining us from the beautiful Bahamas? Yes. Julie, I am so good. How are you? It's good to be with you, Julie. I'm excited to have this conversation. Awesome. I'm doing well, thank you. I must say I can't complain at all. Um, It's always good to have a conversation with you, but let's introduce you to our audience. Tell everyone listening today, who is Ahmad Thompson? What is your HR journey and how did you get here? Yeah. So Ahmad Thompson is a person of value who values people and adds value to them. That's the bottom line. Everything that I do, Julie, is meant to ensure that I can be adding value to someone along their journey, wherever they may find themselves, um, and to remind them that they are of value. I think it's easy Mm -hmm. to sometimes feel like we're not not enough or we're not doing enough, but every single person under the sound of my voice Mm -hmm. on this planet that has life has purpose and has value, and it's my job, I feel, my purpose really, to awaken that, that value and help that person to go even further than they imagined they could. Mm-hmm. Um, my journey to HR was, um, it was interesting. I mm-hmm. started my career, actually I was telling uh, one of my colleagues today, this morning, that yesterday would have made 16 years if I'd stayed in banking. Okay. Um, I started banking at the age of 20 years old, and I left at the age of 27 years old. And then from there, I went straight into human resources. Mm-hmm. I had done... Um, some coaching and training work in my banking career because I would always be the one they would use to train the new teller, train the new officer, train the new manager, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was always in me. And then in 2014, I decided to move on from banking and pursue a career in training and development. And I moved to another organization, Julie, and that organization as we would say in the Bahamas, swung me. Ooh. I get swing, Julie. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going in to be the training and development manager. And then it was a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Once I got in, I was like, wait a minute, this is a trick. I got to move on. I didn't I didn't expect that, Julie. I really thought mm-hmm. I was starting my career. I was doing some things and then it didn't work out. So I moved right. on from there. Um, and then I got a call. Uh, one day I was sitting at my desk at work. And I got a call uh, about working at a hotel. And I thought I never wanted to work at a hotel. I never wanted to do shift work and graveyard shifts and that sort of thing. Yeah. But it was a call to do to lead their learning and development department wow. at that organization. And I didn't know that. I just knew they wanted me to come see me for a hotel interview. So um, as you know, Julie, I am a believer in God. I am a big follower of Christ. Yeah. And I was going to turn the interview down. And he was like, if you don't get 
your box ahead to that interview tomorrow, <laughs> it'll be me and you. Mm-hmm. And so I followed the instruction. I went to the interview. And that's where truly my HR journey really began because mm-hmm. I was given an opportunity to lead an up-and-coming learning and development department in that organization, in a global organization, um, with a behemoth flair, with a a level of indigenousness, if you will, mm-hmm. that is usually lacking from some of these global organizations. Yeah. They were giving me the autonomy to lead that arm of the business, but do it with that global support, do it with the global muscle, but still taste of the behemothism in what mm-hmm. we were doing as a learning department. And that's where the journey began. It took me, from there, I moved on progressively in training and development, organizational development, leadership roles, and human resources. And this is what I was born to do, Julie. Yeah. I think yeah. we said it all the time. Mm-hmm. If you don't love HR, HR will kill you. It will do yeah. you funny. Mm-hmm. And you can't be in this role just for the title, just for the name, yeah. just to feel like you have some sort of power with somebody that's going to be detrimental to your success and the people sure. who you get to, to, to influence in your job, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this for me is literally purpose work. Every day I get to come and impact somebody's life and impact some organization and help them to be better than they were yesterday. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your Absolutely. journey. And I've got to say 16 years in the, in the profession um, is no, nothing to, to make fun of, you know, the fact that you've made this conscious choice to choose this profession and that you've grown your career throughout Again, a couple of things that stood out for me as you were speaking in terms of making an impact and listening to the voice that says to you, you know, this is the way that you need to go yes, and being obedient yes. to that voice. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you in terms of specializing, because obviously you would have specialized a lot in your career, starting with mm-hmm. talent development. Mm-hmm. And so what advice would you give to professionals who are looking to get into HR, I think a lot of times we think that we need to get in. There are different ways that we can get into into the space. And what encouragement would you give to professionals who are looking to get into the space? And maybe there is a door open on the L&D side of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, The first thing I would say to someone looking to come into this field is do not be concerned with how you get into the field. I think often once we've gotten the degree, gotten the certifications, we are ready for the work. We want to become the HR director right away. We want to be the CHRO tomorrow. Um, But there is power in process. Mm -hmm. And taking that generalist role, that officer role, that HR assistant role, you are at the bottom of the pile, but you're learning so much so quickly. Um, I'm not a proponent of that trial by fire approach to learning, Mm -hmm. but I do believe there's value in having to do it. Yeah. When there's nobody else, when you are the only one or, and I also don't promote HR departments of one, mm-hmm. but there is value in starting at the bottom of the totem pole yeah. because you appreciate the journey a little bit more. You understand mm-hmm. what it truly means to be an HR professional. And I will share with you, just because you're certified, just because you have your degree does not mean that you're qualified. Correct. There is a difference. Oh, yes. And you're dealing with people and their lives. You're also a business partner for an organization. Mm-hmm. You're not just someone coming in to hire and fire. Yes. Those days are long gone. Long but I would gone. say, if you have an opportunity to connect to this field through learning and development, seize it. Mm-hmm. Because as a teacher, you're also learning. Yes. And if you are a true learning and development professional, you are serving the needs of the organization in that role. Yes. 
Yeah. You're doing learning needs analysis. You're doing gap analyses. You're performing, you're teaching the things that the organization needs to get to its next level. Yes. People are looking to you for counsel, advice, for development, for growth. Mm-hmm. And these things can shape the culture and the, the presence of an organization. Yeah. It's also the role that you get to experience true HR without being true HR. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I say true HR meaning like the science that. of it all. Mm-hmm. I think the learning and development side is the, is the art of it. Yes. The human resource management is the science of it. Mm-hmm. And as the artist in your organization, you can lend value to the scientific side of it often without having to wear the burden, and I use that word loosely, mm-hmm. of being the one responsible for all of the HR stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really great opportunity to learn this business from the inside out. Yes. HR business and the business you're serving as a learning professional. Yes. Uh, because without the learning and development component of the HR world, things won't really move as quickly as they should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because it can't mm-hmm. be all science and it can't be all art. Correct. It must come together to marry mm-hmm. and make a strong organization and a stronger HR yeah. professional. Yeah, you know, you said so many things there that I just recalling a conversation I had with another colleague yesterday, who also is in L and D, who said something very similar to you in terms of the fact that when you think about L and D and you think about HR, they can work together but Mm -hmm. L&D does need to be separate or talent development does need to be separate and I think when you think about the performance management process in the organization if you're in that talent development space you are paying attention to that performance management process because that's where you're able to tell where the competency gaps are Mm -hmm. in your employees Mm -hmm. and what developmental courses or resources or tools Mm -hmm. they're going to need in order Mm to in order to upskill and close those competency gaps. So I Mm -hmm. do believe that there is a happy marriage between HR and talent development or L&D. So I 100% agree with what you said, and it just kind of reminded me of the conversation again that I was Mm -hmm. having with another colleague yesterday. To all the naysayers that believe that HR and L&D can be done by one person, You know, you have all these HR people out there who are feeling so empowered because they're like, oh, I get to do this and I get to do that and I get to do the next. But you made a very, very valid point. Just because you have the certifications does not mean you are an expert. You now have to Mm -hmm. develop that skill. And I always remind people about when you got your driver's license, you learn to drive, you learn enough to pass the test. But the real test is when you start to drive on the road, because the first Mm -hmm. thing is, I don't know how it works in in the Bahamas, but I know in the Caribbean, you don't drive at night. You don't learn to drive in the dark. You learn to drive in the daylight. You're learning to reverse and all that stuff in the day. So stuff that is done in the day and when it is done at night are two completely different things. So you now have to develop the expertise as a driver. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. As you drive, get behind the wheel every single day, you're yeah. now learning mm-hmm. essentially how to drive. And the same is true with HR. If you have mm-hmm. the certifications, that does not make you an expert. This is the beef that I always have with managers who always think because they did an elective in HR, they can HR. I know what HR is all about. You, you know nothing. Nothing. <laughs> exactly. So the same is true, I think, with, you know, the L&D experience. And, and mm-hmm. as you rightly said before, 
I personally do not advocate for HR departments of one in terms yeah. of I feel that an HR department should be well-rounded, that mm-hmm. it should have, yes, you should have a head of HR, you should have a L&D person, you should have a recruiter, you should have someone that specializes in compensation because one person doing all of those things over time as the organization grows and you're not resourcing the team with additional people or technology mm-hmm. is not sustainable for that person to continue Absolutely. to give of their mm-hmm. best as the organization grows. So I, I fully support everything that you've said. To all mm-hmm. the naysayers who are out there going, well, I'm doing perfectly fine running my department, doing everything, you're missing something. Something, something is some, missing. Something is missing. Something Some ball is, is being dropped. Something, yeah. Um, something funny is flipping enough, to the it's always the L&D piece. Do you find... Always. Always. Why is that? I think... For, this is going to sting a little bit, Julie. But mm-hmm. I feel like learning and development professionals who always get their budget cuts have not shown enough value to the organization. Mm. You are not doing enough to demonstrate, to demonstratively show where the value in this learning is going. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to represent what you're doing in a tangible way to your organization. Now, that's difficult to do, Julie, because most times the, the, the benefits of a learning and development career for the organization are not tangible. You can't see and touch the result of somebody getting what you taught them and implementing it. Yeah. You will see those results over time, mm-hmm. right? For instance, I'm doing right now an HR skills for leadership training at my organization where I work. And the survey will tell us immediately how the, how the persons felt about the workshop, what they will leave today learning or knowing more, more of. But we won't see the return on that investment until things start to change culturally in the organization. How do you tell a president, how do you tell a CFO that they have to wait six to eight months to see some return on an investment that they made today? You have to then do the groundwork to see that investment and pull it out of the organization. So let's just say, for instance, you're teaching something on progressive discipline and you've seen an increase in the quality of a write-up of an employee, right? You've seen an increase or an improvement in the way that these performance reviews are now being done and how quickly they're being turned around. You're seeing the um, the performance of, of colleagues also improve or adequately and appropriately um, assessed. You see employees coming back to you saying, well, I know you teach my boss up there, but he, his attitude changed. Yeah. Those are the things that I can go back to my leaders and say, hey, on this day, we did this course, or this month, we did this course. Here are some of the things that I'm hearing from the organization. So now when I sit with my CFO, or when mm-hmm. you as a learning and development person sit with your HRBP or your HR, CHRO, or your finance leader, you're saying, here's what we enjoyed as a benefit of this training last year. If we do more of this, we can increase the budget here, reduce the budget there. Yeah. The L&D professionals in the world, Julie, are not doing enough to show that tangible and intangible yeah. value. You have to be an advocate for what it is you're doing in the business every day. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. If they're decreasing the budget for the training, they're still going to decrease the budget for your salary. Yeah. Which means you're out of a job. So if, if you're only doing it at least to keep your job, do it for that reason alone. Because mm-hmm. you need to be able to show to your leaders, to your colleagues, to even to your the people you're teaching, the value and what the lessons are that they're learning. If you can't do that, you're not truly a business professional helping this organization. You become a being in their, in their 
there we are uh-huh. and they're ready to get rid of you yeah all right you heard it here guys <clears throat> i think that the message was very loud and clear yes you add, be able to show add the money. value yeah and it comes back again to the same thing i say in general about hr in terms of adding our value we have to understand our business understand our people understand their developmental needs the data that we're compiling every single day in those hrs systems that we fought for we have to find a way to use make that data help us tell our people's stories effectively and efficiently so that when we're going to get things or we're requesting things in the organization we have the information to back it up how people are thinking and feeling what we are recommending to help close some of those gaps so that people can be more engaged in the organization and i think you use the word that i use very similar you spoke about being an artist right a yes, scientist yes. and an artist mm-hmm. and when i think when i speak about hr that's exactly what i say we are scientists we get the opportunity to experiment mm-hmm. with people processes and resources to make sure that we're equipping our organization with the necessary tools they need to succeed in executing on their vision and their purpose through the actionable insights that we get from the feedback from employees which makes us architects we are people experience architects we then architect experiences that will help to enhance engagement which then increases loyalty from employees which then turns out into better customer experiences which increases customer loyalty and i think when people Mm -hmm. understand that loop it makes all the difference. Think all kind of lights go off in your head about how can I create better experiences yes, yes, yes. versus thinking about what processes can I put in place? What policies can I write? Think about what experiences you can create to enhance the people who are in the workplace, what they're experiencing so mm-hmm. that they can be better employees. And the L&D piece is a very fundamental piece to that jigsaw puzzle that we have um, in our remit as people experience architects to create and enhance um, better experiences for the people that we serve. 100%, Julie, I agree with that 100%. I think the key for the L&D professional in this day and age, mm -hmm. because we're still very much a microwave generation, everybody wanted everything right now. No. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to wait until things can set. No. but for you to be successful as an L&D professional, think, when Simon Sinek says it all the time, start with the end in mind. Right? That's right. Mm-hmm. The conversations you're listening to, first of all, if you're not listening to the conversations or invited to the conversations, that's a different that's a different discussion. Yeah. Because you cannot solve a problem without the learning and development component mm-hmm. included. Right? But start with the end in mind. If you think about the experience Julie is talking about, if you are an experienced creator, what do you want your audience to leave that experience knowing feeling and having grown through or grown to. Mm-hmm. If you curate that experience from the from the end backward, yes. you're tying the end result to the things that the conversations are saying. Correct. We need more. We need less. I'm tired of this. I hate that. The things that they're saying they want more of or less of, that's what you're tying your experience to. Yeah. So your employees or your, your audience should be able to leave this, this session knowing more of the things that we need more of, mm-hmm. knowing less of the things that we need less of, right? Yep. So you're reverse engineering this situation. And then people can say, wow, I see I see how that training affected A, mm-hmm. and I see how it affected B. Mm-hmm. So your value automatically starts to increase. Well, not automatically. It eventually yes. starts to increase. Mm-hmm. And people see the worth 
in what you're doing, how you're doing it, and why you're doing it. Yes. And I think I was talking to, to Dieter Veldsman from AIHR the other day, Julie. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how my favorite HR has, yes, I know, right? Mm-hmm. We were talking about how HR professionals globally always do a good job of knowing what they have done. But we do not do a good job of showing what showing we've done. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We know and we show. My, my friend and mentor and my brother, Wellington, says it all the time. Wellington Hepburn, you know him, Julie. Yeah. We do so good at knowing what we have done. And we have it all in our heads. We did this, we did that, we did the mm-hmm. next. But nobody in the organization is, is the wiser about what we've done. Correct. Not feel guilty about bragging a little bit about what you've done in this fiscal, in mm-hmm. the last quarter, in the last mm-hmm. week, that helped to bring results to the organization. Yep. Remind people of the work that you have done. Mm-hmm. Because that also it also it sends the value component straight to top of mind for them. They Correct. remember now, oh, yeah, we did do that. And that was good. Yeah. Versus HR does nothing every day. They don't sit around in office and do job letters. Correct. You know, Correct. we let that impression sit mm-hmm. and set with the organization as mm-hmm. opposed to showing them what we've done over the course of any given period of time. Correct. I am a huge advocate for sharing data and letting people know what's happening in the HR space. Yes. And I would say, even if you do not have the ability to be a part of that meeting, don't let that stop you. Because if you share information with your key stakeholders, whether it's through a short um, email handout or infographic of this is how many, this is the quarter that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening in HR. This is, um, so I always start with the first and most important thing. What is the HR to people ratio in the organization? So first of all, you can see that I am servicing 250 employees by myself if I'm a department of one. Mm -hmm. First of all, that should stick out to you and say, wow, maybe we should get her some help. Mm -hmm. And then I start with, this is how many disciplinaries we did today. This is how many went to tribunal. This is how many um, performance issues we've had. This is These are the conversations that we've been having. This is the amount of warnings we've had to give. These are some, these are the amount of terminations that we've had to give. But then I also go into, but these are the amount of people that we've been able to save who have resigned, who have now reversed their resignation. And I don't give names, we're giving data. So yes, this is the yes, amount of yes. people who've come to me with a resignation letter. We've had a conversation and as a result of that, they've said, okay, I'll stick it out a couple more yeah. months. Mm-hmm. Figure out how you're going to have this conversation with my boss, X, Y, Z. Then I say, this is the amount of people that we've hired during this period. This is where most of these hires have occurred. This is where most of the challenges in the the department in terms of performance issues are happening, Mm -hmm. whether it's in finance or marketing, so that they can see clearly, maybe we need to look at this manager, right? These are the amount of L&D experiences that we've had. These are the amount of people we've been dealing with who have been absent as a result of illness or death. And these are the amount of people that we're actually walking through experiences of of navigating the loss of a loved one, whether Mm -hmm. it's so they can see the well-being component of things, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You put that dashboard together, you create an infographic, you send it out to your management team, whether they read it or not. The point is you've shared it. Someone's going to click on it someone's gonna open it and they're gonna go wow i didn't i have no idea no idea and we need to have hr at the table and then all of a sudden you can start having conversations about additional resources Mm -hmm. 
what technologies you're using and these are the advancements in the in, in the HRIS space and this mm-hmm. is what you really need. This is what an HR team really looks like. And yes. if you've got these extra people for me, this would help tremendously and help me to be more strategic. But the lower level or the base of what I can do in terms of my coping mechanism, this is what I can give you at best, this mm-hmm. infographic, and then we could have a conversation. It makes all the difference in the world it when does. we can do it those does. things. And you can't be, as an HR professional, afraid to do that. No. You can't be thinking about what are they going to say, because ultimately, if you don't say it, how will they know? Exactly. And eventually, they're going to start saying other things. Yes. This lady isn't working out. This gentleman isn't giving us what we need because mm-hmm. somebody somewhere is going to tell them about the HR professional who gives them this data point every month or every quarter. Yep. And you're looking at me like, well, I never, Amanda never did that for us. What is he doing up there? Mm-hmm. Instead of, mm-hmm. So instead of you using words like I need more help or there's not enough time, you show people where your time is being spent. Correct. You show people the result of your energy so they can realize how is he doing this all by himself? You mm-hmm. know what? I'm glad you asked. I would, it would be great if we had an A and a B to -hmm. assist with this portion and that portion, which could leave me free to do more of the things you're asking for in this room. Correct. Does that make sense? And you need to be able to speak that. And you don't have to be the most articulate. You got to be able to present it. Correct. To Julie's point, if you're, if you're giving this in words, put it on paper, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Send it in an email form and collaborate. Mm -hmm. You may know somebody in your family who was great with Canva or your your colleague down the road or the other organization may be great with PowerPoint. Yep. Get people involved to help you along your journey. You don't have to mm-hmm. do this by yourself. Julie has an entire HR community. Reach out. Yes. Julie, who do you know that's great with A and B? Because I'm struggling. Yep. Hold on. I got a guy for that down in Grenada. I got a guy for that down in Canada. I got a lady for that down in Atlanta. People can help and we want to help people grow. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. That is the goal. Oh, this is such a great conversation, Amada. And there's so many things that I want to ask you, but I really want to know from you, like you're such a busy person. I know that you are taking, you are in an organization working away, but you also run your own company and you're giving so much back to the HR community through B-Sharm as well and supporting your HR community there in the Bahamas and then also globally. You're a big part of my network and always there when I need or I have a question or I need something you're yes, always yes, there yes. to answer and I really appreciate mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. what do you do to take care of yourself listen this is mm-hmm. the part that I think we all struggle with self-care is it needs to be priority for you and it's become priority for me because I've been in a place truly where you feel like you have to do for everybody else you have to if you don't something's gonna happen like you feel guilty when you can't show up Mm-hmm. But I have learned the value and the power and the blessing of the word no. Yes. I'll start there. Mm-hmm. I am unavailable today. I'm not able to do that tomorrow. I'm not able to do that next week. And mm-hmm. I don't offer explanations anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm not available. Yeah. Have a great day. <laughs> and I keep it moving. Because the more you try to find the explanation, the more pressure you, fi- you put on yourself mm-hmm. to make it a good explanation. Yeah. Because the person might say, I know big deal. You could come... I am unavailable. I'm, I wish That's you all right. the best with your event mm-hmm. or with your thing. God bless you. Take care. And I That's move it. on. Yes. I right? agree. Because you cannot be all things to all people under any circumstance. Cannot. The next thing that I do, I prioritize a mad time. I'm still getting good at this, Julia. I'm not perfect mm-hmm. at it yet. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still also, I'm my Grammy's grandson and I got to be busy to be productive. Um, so I'm still learning 
the art of prioritizing me. That could yes. be spending four hours on the beach, just laying down or just in the water. Mm-hmm. That could be me binge watching some very, but like it, it has no value to my brain space at yes. all. Yes, right. It just, it's just mm-hmm. time spent doing nothing. Right? Mind-numbing nothingness, that's Mind what I call it. Mind-numbing just sitting down, <laughs> laughing away at the Golden Girls for hours and hours yes. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, just reducing the space in my mind with clutter and replacing it with positivity. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I make it a point to, I do a spa day regularly. Nice. I go out and I leave my cell phones home. I leave my laptop. I disconnect mm-hmm. um, and I just reconnect with me. And then lastly, Julie, but most importantly, every Sunday I'm in church. Mm-hmm. For me, that's important because that's yeah. where my source is, my refreshment, my power, my word, mm-hmm. my Bible time, my study time, that refuels me. And yeah. that prepares me for the journey. It's it's always so ironic, Julie. Mm-hmm. I'll be in devotions today, and today somebody with that need comes to my sound, yeah. comes across my path. And the same way the word and my time with God refuels me, it prepares me to refuel somebody else. Yeah. And no matter what you're doing, no matter how busy you are, no matter how um, much time you don't have, I can guarantee you there's a lot more time when you're dead. Yes. Yep. So you're not taking care of yourself. And I mean a lot more time to do nothing when you're dead, not to do mm-hmm. stuff because you obviously can't do anything. You can't do anything. But if you're not mm-hmm. taking care of yourself, um, I've committed to, to going, to being trained physically every uh, two days a week, Julie, mm-hmm. because Ahmad will go to the gym and stand around and watch everybody else work out. So Ahmad has had to commit. So I would give somebody the money to make sure I do it. I have yes. no problem with that. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Because that health is my wealth. Yes. I can't show up for Julie if I'm unhealthy. I can't Correct. show up for the next opportunity if I'm not, if I'm in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. So I prioritize my health. I eat healthier. Mm-hmm. I am exercising a lot more than I used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though two days is still a little bit, it's a lot more than I used it's to, Julie. It's better so than I'm, nothing. It's exactly, better than nothing. Right? Mm-hmm. And I spend my time with my God because he... Everything I need, he has, and he reminds me every day that I'm enough, mm-hmm. and that that prepares me to help somebody else realize that they're also enough. Yes, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I love Absolutely. the first one because I think a lot of times when we think of self care, we think that we have to be doing stuff all the time, but there is power in just knowing that you can say the word no and yes. setting proper boundaries. Yes. And I think that that's the big one for me. I've lived for the last couple of years with this huge boundary that I don't work on Fridays if I don't have to. Yeah. But I, I, I can choose to work on a Friday if I want to, but yeah. for the most part, I try not to. And I choose to do things that fill me on that day, even if all I do that day is binge watch mind numbing nothingness yes that's my choice and my right Mm -hmm. so it's always the first thing i set up with clients when they are looking to work with me i would say i don't work on fridays my hours are monday to thursday xyz because i feel like that that's so important whether i choose to take a spa day or whether i choose to go to the beach or whether i choose to as i said just watch my nothing numbness yeah um, yes, that's yes. my choice and my right mm-hmm. and i also love the fact that um now being self-employed i get the choice to work from home or not so yes. um and for me just working from home is a way of self-care as well um, because there were yeah there were times when you work a 16 hour day and you come home and you now have to cook 
Whereas yes, you gotta bring money and, and wife and everything yes, for everybody else. Exactly. But now I have a lot of time. Like I could say if I wanna cook or if I wanna go buy dinner or whatever, but that's my choice. Um, yeah, so yeah. I totally agree with you in the power of the word no, and I'm glad that you do those things to yourself. And I hope you guys heard that Ahmad said he takes spa days because sometimes I think men think spa days are not for them, but spa days are for men too. So listen, there's nothing like a good massage. Mm-hmm. Just to really, and you, I mean, the one day it does, Julie, the, the thing I want to leave with your audience, though, Julie, two things. You have to do what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Do what's best for you in your in your space, in your environment, within your means, all of that. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to do the spa day, go to the beach. You may not have a beach where you live. Take a walk in your park. Do, take a walk in your home. Mm-hmm. Take a walk around your, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Do what is best and, and, and right for you. Mm-hmm. Julie said, I don't work on Fridays. That is her right. Another business might say, how do you give up Fridays? Because I can and I want to. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's no explanation. The second thing I want people to leave, to leave with, Julie, is that you have to learn the difference between accessibility and availability. Correct. Ladies and gentlemen, because I may appear available does not mean that I'm accessible. All right. And you have to know what that is for you. Mm-hmm. And when people learn that boundary and they learn and you learn to not have that boundary disrespected, your life gets easier. Oh, yes. I am always available for something, but I'm, I'm going to be accessible to you when you think I'm available. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is a difference. Oh, and once I learned difference. that, Julie, my life yes. totally changed. Oh, yes. Because I am always available, but I'm not always accessible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to learn the it. difference. And once you learn the difference, watch things turn around for you. And There's that's to quote. everybody in your life. Yes. Everybody in your life. Absolutely. You can't take it for granted. Because people okay. certainly will. They definitely will. Thank you Indeed. for sharing that. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would appreciate? And it doesn't have to I, be HR related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am right now reading uh, John Maxwell's latest write, write, okay. um, book. Two books I'm reading. One is John Maxwell's 16 Laws of Communication. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading Wellington Hepburn's As We Go Together book. He just did his second project. He released that earlier this year, a couple of months ago, two months ago or so. I'm reading that. Um, it helps me to literally grow, right? Mm-hmm. Communication, ladies and gentlemen, is the secret sauce. Yeah. You cannot be in any part of this, the learning and development side of it, the science part of it, the strategy part of it, unless you know how to connect with and reach people. Mm-hmm. It all starts with leadership, which is a big part of communication. Yes. Um, and if you can communicate effectively, you are losing the battle. Mm-hmm. So every day um, I'm reading a chapter or two, and I'm also reading my book that I'm writing, Julie, which is cathartic Ooh, for me. Nice. Um, Shift into Focus, you. the book, is almost done. It's almost oh, done, Julie. It's been a, a labor of love. book to me. I certainly will. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a labor of love for the last three years, and we're almost done. And this book is cathartic for me. It is, it is just, I'm so proud of the body of work that we're creating with this book. Nice. But I want people to know that you can if you want to. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. Oh, yes. If you don't want to, you certainly won't. I'm looking forward to getting my copy. Absolutely. Reading it and I, I actually want to back. travel to bring that to you by my hands. So I'm going to make that a point. What? I want to bring oh, that to wow. you by my hands. I am That's looking forward to that. Okay. Yes, yes, now, yes. You see, you've made this, you've made this yes, promise. Yes. So, and a lot of people are hearing you, huh? <laughs> a lot yes, of people absolutely. are hearing you right now. Okay. Indeed, indeed. I am looking forward to receiving that book and I will share that in a post at some point. Absolutely. To show that Ahmad was a Thank man you so of his much. word. 
Awesome. I believe in the power of communication. I think it is super important to understand um, how you communicate with people, what is said and what is not said um, is just as important. And Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, John Maxwell, I think one of the people that I recently tapped into in terms of helping me with developing my communication skills is a guy that I found on TikTok recently called Vin Zhang. I think that's his name, if I say Mm -hmm. it right. Amazing speaker. But just the way he explains things and communicates things is so concise and clear. Um, And I've learned so much from just watching his content. And I know there's a lot more to share. So I think tapping into those kind of people really helps you to develop your communication skills but thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing those resources and i will put them in the comments last question most important one what is the biggest misconception about talent development learning and development that really rubs you the wrong way that you want to set the record straight on right here right now the biggest misconception i feel julie that businesses and people that are not in learning and development feel like this could be done by YouTube or Google. Mm. Google a course and let the people do it on their own. Yeah. Um, it is not it is not true. Learning and development is a business strategy. It is a strategy to enhance the quality of your business. This is not some classroom you come to to feel good. I don't have any questions on any surveys that I do about feelings. Mm-hmm. I want to know what are you leaving here able to do than you weren't able to do when you first came in? Mm-hmm. What tools have you do you feel now equipped with to change the world, to change this trajectory of our organization? Mm-hmm. People who believe that learning and development is touchy-feely, is something that can be done by a YouTube video, five-minute clip at the beginning of every meeting, or once a quarter, you are in for doom. Your people are going to leave your organization because a learning organization is a growing organization. Yep. And people want to grow. People want to learn. Mm-hmm. Invest in your learning department, but learning and development professionals even more than the investment, which show the return on the investment. Show people, show your organizations how they will benefit from these offerings that you're putting on, however your power often you're putting them on. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't have said it better. Very well said. Thank you so much. It really is time for us to, this is a perfect time. I think we're in a prime position um, as people experience experts, whether we're in mm-hmm. L&D or in court HR or recruitment or um, compensation or well-being, wherever we're sitting mm-hmm. in that space, I feel like this is a perfect time for us to be able to share our knowledge and our expertise on a different level and take a yes. deeper dive into the organization because they're willing to hear and they're willing to learn. Um, but we have to put forth the effort and get the work done to show the organization why these things really matter and Mm -hmm. why our role is so critical to the development of Mm -hmm. the organization and creating engaged spaces and engaged employees and engaged customers. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a cycle. And I feel that because most people get caught up in the money side of things, they forget the people side of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we are duty bound to make sure that we share with leadership that if you don't take care of your people, your profits will continue to suffer. Definitely. Definitely. So, beautiful um, 
way to close off our show today. Mm-hmm. With that being said, my friend, you have survived your time in the sound booth. <laughs> Please let our, our listeners know where they can connect with you on social media if they want to learn more about you, if they want to learn more about a stoop management. Yes. Um, and just, you know, tap into you as a resource. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Julie. It's always a pleasure connecting with you and your audience. I the, the quickest way, the best way to reach me is through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Arusha Thompson is my name on LinkedIn. My business is also there. Astute Talent Management. And for any leadership development, HR consulting, people development needs that you have, please feel free to tap into this resource and let us come and help you. We are a mobile organization. We can come wherever you live. We have no problem getting there. Our passports can stop, my grandma would say. Mm-hmm. So please call us, contact us. Um, email is info at mytalentmatters.com because it does. Yes. My website is mytalentmatters.com and my phone contact is one 468 I'm happy to engage you in conversation to find out how we can help to make your talent our priority. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. And you are welcome back here anytime. Once I've read that book, I'd love to yes. come have you back so you could talk about it at some point. Definitely. Thank you so much. Promote your book for you. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.